Welcome to Keep the Faith Ministry. Keep the Faith brings you timely messages with in-depth spiritual analysis of current events in light of Bible prophecy so you can prepare for the coming of Jesus. Listen to what the news won't tell you. Here is another important message for our times. This is Pastor Hal Mayer. Dear friends, welcome to Keep the Faith Ministry once again. First, I want to thank you for your cards and letters and emails and encouragement. It has given me great courage that God isn't finished yet. He needed me to refocus and extricate myself from excess obligations. I can now focus on just a few things and I hope do them well. Second, thank you for your prayers. They mean so much. And third, thank you for your gifts. They are especially helpful right now. The July-August issue of Last Generation magazine is entitled Weathering the Climate of Fear and features the issues of climate change and environmentalism in light of Bible prophecy as well as how to deal with the cycles of fear being projected through the media. Last generation editors planned this issue over six months ago, but as they neared press date, they wondered if anyone would still find it relevant in the midst of COVID-19 surges and protests against racism and police brutality. But just as the issue was being mailed out, they received Time Magazine's double feature entitled One Last Chance, The Defining Year for the Planet. The timing was completely providential. God knew that the topic would reemerge and the little silent preacher is right on time. Go to the Last Generation online store and order copies of Weathering the Climate of Fear for sharing at lastgen.net or call them directly at 540-672-5671. Last Generation is a great way to witness. Each edition includes articles that address current issues and trends and makes the case for truth at a time when truth is scarce. Use it to reach your friends and acquaintances. Now as we begin our study, let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we look to you in these crazy times and uncertain times for guidance, not only to escape the coming destruction, both immediate and eventual, but for the principles of how to walk with God. Things can change so fast in the blink of an eye, and we need to have a walk with you that can stand the tests, both small and large, when they come by surprise upon us. Please bless us today as we study in Jesus' name, amen. When troublous times come upon us, such as we have now, we need an assurance of God's favor and protection. Isaiah 43, 32 says, 
When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Think about this from a prophetic perspective. Water are people, lots of people. If you have the assurance of God's presence, you can be a beacon of peace in the midst of a violent mob, and you can hear God's still small voice even as mobs of angry people are shouting obscenities at you. They will not hurt you in the flames of their anger. They may foam at the mouth in hostility, but it will not affect you. Fire also suggests cleansing. Like the three Hebrew worthies in Babylon, not a hair of their heads were singed because they were already cleansed and purified and protected. Likewise, God's people will be obviously protected from the general destruction and the specific hostility targeted against them. They will have a character that is pure, cleansed from their sins and dead works, and they live in harmony with heaven. But you cannot rely on something that you haven't developed and practiced over a period of time. You have to be in the habit of listening to God's voice and doing what he says immediately and without questioning him. You need to have a highly developed walk with God rooted in faith that will not falter or faint. And that takes time and training by God himself. And he will do it if you are willing to let him. Today we're going to talk about what to expect in the coming time of trouble when civil war, tumult, and, and chaos reign in the streets. What is it like to hear God's voice? When everything around you is screaming for your attention, how do you listen for it? When the mob is coming after you, shouting obscenities, how can you hear the still small voice? These and other questions we will study. The plan of redemption, as taught by most pastors today, is limited to merely a means of forgiveness and justification. They ignore obedience to God and His Word. As important as forgiveness and justification are, they are not enough to get you through the battles that lie ahead. It is only the beginning of salvation, the milk, if you will. Hebrews 5.13 says, For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Friends, are you skillful in the word of righteousness? Are you able to expound on the deeper things of God's word? I dare say most church members are thrown about by every wind of doctrine, including that preached by almost all regular pastors and that is taught by many laymen as well. The church today is not emphasizing the truth that is especially needed for this time. I'm afraid, for the most part, that you'll have to look elsewhere. 
There are a few pockets here and there where you get the full message, but you will rarely find the preaching of the three angels' messages, which is the most vital message for this time. Even among conservative pastors, you rarely hear a sermon preached on some aspect of the three angels' messages, let alone a whole series on the principles of it. The people are largely addicted to milk, the rudiments of the gospel, and they react negatively if anyone dares to preach some testing truth. The truth is that true righteousness is so much more than justification and forgiveness. It has to do with the character transformation. Jesus intends to demonstrate his character through his people in the midst of the worst conflicts and trials they have ever experienced, a time of trouble worse than anything the world has ever known. He intends to restore us through his grace to the perfection of love and kindness amid the chaos and conflict of the last days of earth's history. He plans to give his people peace in the midst of war and use them to be the keepers of his holy law when almost the whole world is lawless. Listen to what God says in Ephesians 6.12. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. How do you become strong in the Lord? 1 John 2.14 says, I have written to you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because ye are strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and ye have overcome the wicked one. So there you have it. The word of God must abide in you, and through it you must overcome the wicked one. That means it is a living thing. It must be in your mind and heart. It must motivate everything you do. How do you make the Word of God a living thing in your life? Listen to what Joshua was told uh, when he was about to take over the leadership of Israel. Joshua 1.8 This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. So if you want to have good success in the battle with the enemy, meditate on the word of God, and it will become a living thing. If you want to have a walk with God, meditate day and night on the word. Psalm 1, 1 and 2 says it too. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. The result will be that he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. 
his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. That's verse 3. Don't think that the conflicts of politics we see today are going to resolve. Don't think that the riots and violence we are witnessing in the news are going to go away. They are part of a prophetic trend predicted to take place at the very end of time. But beware, they are designed to prevent the mass of people from hearing the true gospel of peace by keeping them roiled up by great conflicts and emotional issues that lead them along. Think about it. The enemy wants to get you so involved and so angry about the politics of one side or another that you will miss out on the latter rain. That's right. These developments in social justice, movements to dismantle the social order, and other controversies today are gearing up to keep you from receiving the latter rain. The King of the North and the King of the South, which are the forces of left and right, led by the generals on the left, Marxism or atheism, and on the right, Roman Catholicism and her ecumenical daughters, are in a mortal battle for supremacy in politics and culture. It has now come to the end game. We are at the end of time. And the controversy is raging. The fury of the left is open and public. Those on the right are just as determined, and they will do everything they can to keep the majority on their side. You see, this most poignantly in the United States, but it is spread around the world. Though different countries have different political systems, there is the same divide in every developed country. The more outrageous the left becomes in distancing itself from what America was, the angrier the conservative right becomes. It is classic Hegelian dialectic. The enemy would have it just that way to keep you from heaven and he will sweep away millions who miss this point. Unless you are surrendered to God completely and totally, you will be controlled by the enemy of your soul who wants to lead you through deception to eternal death. On the other hand, God wants to raise up a people who don't look to one political platform or another to solve the problems of humanity, but present a better way, a higher way, the way of the cross, the way of obedience to heaven. And God is doing that, but many of his people aren't paying attention and are getting so involved in these discussions, controversies, and conflicts that they don't even realize that their salvation is at stake. Not only that, they sin unwittingly in their minds and in their words. They think angry thoughts. They think thoughts that are full of sinful passions. And they think it is okay. Politics on either side, left or right, 
don't lead you to the solution that Jesus intends for his people. And preachers who preach that there is a solution in one side or the other are false teachers. They are wolves in sheep's clothing. And people who get involved in the controversies of the day don't have their eyes fixed on heaven. They are distracted by what is happening on earth. This is just what the enemy would have them do. So they miss out on the experience of transformation of character into the likeness of Christ and miss out on latter rain and heaven in the process. Why do we have Marxism vying for the supremacy today? It is just the same old struggle that has always existed between labor and capital, between left and right. The only difference is that we are nearing the final struggle between good and evil, and things are different now. They're more intense, more mature, and more persistent. We are near the final conflict. Listen very carefully to Daniel 11.40. And at the time of the end shall the king of the south, that's atheism or Marxism, push at him. And the king of the north, Rome and her ecumenical allies, shall come against him like a whirlwind, with chariots and with horsemen and with many ships, and he shall enter into the countries and shall overflow and pass over. The political left, which represents the king of the south, shall push at him. The people that want to forget God and live as they please, regardless of what God says about it, are begging for divine judgments. They are pushing the nations in a very offensive way to the king of the north. Their religious right and their right-leaning cohorts are angry that the left has been so successful, and they eventually won't take any more of it and will react and come very strong against the left like a whirlwind. They will overflow and pass over and take control. We may be seeing this right now. Eventually, tunnings out of the east and out of the north shall trouble him. Therefore, he shall go forth with a great fury to destroy and utterly make away many. The tidings from the east and north is the latter rain that comes from the throne of God and is poured out on his people. These people have a different character and purpose and will trouble the king of the north with their message exposing Rome's true character and the truth on righteousness by faith. And he will raise up the people of the enemy and the world against God's people that expose the sins of Babylon. And a time of persecution will be unleashed against them. But he shall come to his end, and none shall help him. Do you know why none shall help him? Because no one on earth has greater power than Rome. So when Rome comes to her end, 
there is nobody to help her. Plenty people, rulers or kings, organizations, businesses or merchants, political organizations, and economic institutions have helped her become the power that she is. But when, when Rome is punished for her sins, these stand afar off, Revelation 18, 10, and 15, and distance themselves from her and leave her to suffer alone. But the bigger reason is that God has determined this, and no human beings or powers can do anything about it. He will make sure of it. Do you know how he sh shall come to his end? The Lord will end it all at, a very, at the very height of apostasy and persecution. At the very last moment, when all seems lost, when all truth and righteousness seem about to be crushed, God will deliver his people. Listen to this description of the latter rain from Great Controversy, page 606 to 608. In every generation, God has sent his servants to rebuke sin, both in the world and in the church. But the people desire smooth things spoken to them, and the pure, unvarnished truth is not acceptable. Many reformers entering upon their work determined to exercise great prudence in attacking the sins of the church and the nation. They hoped, by the example of a pure Christian life, to lead the people back to the doctrines of the Bible. But the Spirit of God came upon them as it came upon Elijah, moving him to rebuke the sins of a wicked king and an apostate people, and they could not refrain from preaching the plain utterances of the Bible, doctrines which they had been reluctant to present. They were impelled to zealously declare the truth and the danger which threatened souls. The words which the Lord gave them they uttered, fearless of the consequences, and the people were compelled to hear the warning. So, if you have a vital relationship with God, you will be pushed to do what you don't intend. The Holy Spirit will direct you to rebuke the sins of the people. You can understand how unpopular it is to speak up against the LGBTQ movement in today's environment. But imagine what it will be like to rebuke the religious right for the Sunday observance. No matter how kindly you, you may say it, no matter the words you couch it in, no matter what Bible text you give them, they will rise up and become furious that you have touched their idol. Right now they think you are ecumenical, but they will un be undeceived when the Holy Spirit moves on you to expose these sins in the light of Scripture. Listen to the book Great Controversy again, page 606. Thus the message of the third angel will be proclaimed. As a time comes for it to be given with greatest power, the Lord will work through humble instruments leading the minds of those 
who consecrate themselves to his service. The laborers will be qualified rather by the unction of his spirit than by the training of literary institutions. Men of faith and prayer will be constrained to go forth with holy zeal, declaring the words which God gives them. The sins of Babylon will be laid open. The fearful results of enforcing the observances of the church by civil authority, the inroads of spiritualism, the stealthy but rapid progress of the papal power, all will be unmasked. By these solemn warnings, the people will be stirred. Thousands upon thousands will listen who have never heard words like these. In amazement, they hear the testimony that Babylon is the church, fallen because of her errors and sins, because of her rejection of the truth sent to her from heaven. As the people go to their former teachers with the eager inquiry, Are these things so? The ministers present fables, prophesy smooth things, to soothe their fears and quiet the awakened conscience. But since many refuse to be satisfied with the mere authority of men and demand a plain, thus saith the Lord, the popular ministry, like the Pharisees of old, filled with anger as their authority is questioned, will denounce the message as of Satan and stir up the sin-loving multitudes to revile and persecute those who proclaim it. So, what will be the effect of this message? You become the source of a greater controversy, a religious controversy, that touches upon things that are the precious practices of all Christendom for two millennia. They have defended Sunday observance and disobedience to God very strongly. They have felt satisfied that they have been very successful. Now one tiny group of people, commandment keepers, who proclaim very effectively that their cherished ideas and practices aren't worth anything to God, and they are only worth something to Satan. They will rise up and angrily declare that these Sabbath keepers are destroying the unity of all Christendom and should not be tolerated. Sabbath keepers will cause a big-time controversy in the political and religious world. This controversy is of far greater significance than the abortion controversy or the racial controversies we are experiencing today. Those are mere distractions. Think about taking sides in the one controversy or conflict that really matters. I hope you are on the right side of that one. If you think that the secular controversies are big, you haven't understood what God is going to do with his people. Listen to the effect of the controversy God tells us you will stir up. As the controversy extends into new fields and the minds of the people are called to God's God's downtrodden law, Satan is astir. 
the power attending the message will only madden those who oppose it. The clergy will put forth almost superhuman efforts to shut away the light, lest it should shine upon their flocks. By every means at their command, they will endeavor to suppress the discussion of these vital questions. The Church appeals to the strong arm of civil power, and in this work, Papists and Protestants unite. As the movement for Sunday enforcement becomes more bold and decided, the law will be invoked against commandment keepers. They will be threatened with fines and, and imprisonment, and some will be offered positions of influence and other rewards and advantages as inducements to renounce their faith. But their steadfast answer is, show us from the word of God our error, the same plea that was made by Luther under similar circumstances. Those who are arraigned before the courts make a strong vindication of the truth, and some who hear them are led to take their stand to keep all the commands of God. Thus light will be brought before thousands who otherwise would know nothing of these truths. That's page 607. Are you ready for that? Are you preparing your soul to receive the Holy Spirit? That means you are purifying your soul. 1 John 3, 2 and 3 says, Beloved, now we are the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for he sh we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure." The Holy Spirit will not inhabit anyone with laterane power who isn't pure. Did you hear me? The Holy Spirit will not inhabit anyone with laterane power who isn't sanctified and made holy. Listen again to Great Controversy once more. Page 608. Conscientious obedience to the Word of God will be treated as rebellion. Blinded by Satan, the parent will exercise harshness and severity toward the believing child. The master or mistress will oppress the commandment-keeping servant. Affection will be alienated. Children will be disinherited and driven from home. The words of Paul will be literally fulfilled. All that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. 2 Timothy 3 verse 12. As the defenders of truth refuse to honor the Sunday Sabbath, some of them will be thrust in prison. Some will be exiled. Some will be treated as slaves. To human wisdom, all this now seems impossible. But as the restraining spirit of God shall be withdrawn from men, they shall be under the control of Satan, who hates the, the divine precepts. There will be strange developments. The heart can be very cruel when God's fear and love are removed.
and the people are getting plenty of practice and exposure to demons and mobs. Think about mobs for a minute. There are several definitions of a mob, but the main one is a large disorderly crowd of people, especially one bent on riotous or destructive action. The Aussies have their own usages, like a mob of cockatoos in a tree are often bent on destruction of that tree. They strip the tree of its leaves and the tree dies. But the term also applies to organized crime or a large gang. MS-13 is a gang that does very bad things like kill random people. But almost all the various definitions of a mob imply a wicked purpose, a destructive purpose. So who controls a mob or a gang bent on riotous or destructive action? Is it the Spirit of God? No. So it has to be the spirit of the enemy. Most people don't think about that when they join a mob. They grieve the Spirit of God and invite His wrath. Even when they are in sympathy with the mob, it is as if they are part of the action. Oh, my friends, be very careful. One day these mobs are going to come after you. The Bible describes the actions of a number of mobs. Jesus was in Nazareth and went into the synagogue, as was his custom, on the Sabbath. When he was asked to read from the prophets, he read a passage, then he told them things that made them rise up against him. Listen to what Desire of Ages has to say about the angry church members, the mob, on page 294. Their unbelief bred malice. Satan controlled them and in wrath they cried out against the Savior. They had turned from him whose mission it was to heal and restore, and now they manifested the attributes of the destroyer. So what did the mob do to him? When Jesus referred to the blessings given to the Gentiles, the fierce national pride of his hearers was aroused, and his words were drowned in a tumult of voices. These people had prided themselves on keeping the law, but now that their prejudices were offended, they were ready to commit murder. The assembly broke up, and laying hands on Jesus, they thrust him from the synagogue and out of the city. All seemed eager for his destruction. They hurried him to the brow of a precipice, intending to cast him down headlong. Shouts and maledictions filled the air. Some were casting stones at him, when suddenly he disappeared from among them. The heavenly messengers, who had been by his side in the synagogue, were with him in the midst of that maddened throng. They shut him in from his enemies and conducted him to a place of safety. 
Angels had to rescue Jesus from the demon-controlled mob. Angry mobs in general are controlled by demons. By the way, when angry mobs are after you because you are faithfully keeping the Sabbath and your character is holy, listen to what happens. So in all ages, angels have been near to Christ's faithful followers. The vast confederacy of evil is arrayed against all who would, come, would overcome. But Christ would have us look to the things which are not seen, to the armies of heaven encamped about all who love God and to deliver them. From what dangers, seen and unseen, we have been preserved through the interposition of angels, we shall never know, until in the light of eternity we see the providences of God. Then we shall know that the whole family of heaven was interested in the family here below and that messengers from the throne of God attended our steps from day to day. That's Desire of Ages, page 240. Another example of a mob in action was the trial of Jesus before Herod and Pilate. Listen to the words of Desire of Ages again from page 731. No sooner were these words spoken than a rush was made for Christ. Like wild beasts, the crowd darted upon their prey. Jesus was dragged this way and that, Herod joining the mob in seeking to humiliate the Son of God. Had not the Roman soldiers interposed and forced back the maddened throng, the Savior would have been torn in pieces. And again, when Pilate presented the Jews with a choice of a hardened criminal and Jesus, the mob went wild. Like the bellowing of wild beasts came the answer of the mob. Release unto us Barabbas. Ladder and ladder swelled the cry. Barabbas, Barabbas. Thinking that the people had not understood his question, Pilate asked, Will ye that I release unto you the king of the Jews? But they cried out again, Away with this man, and release unto us Barabbas. What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? Pilate asked. The surging multitude roared like demons. Demons themselves in human form were in the crowd. And what could be expected but the answer? Let him be crucified. That's the Desire of Ages, page 733. When Pilate suggested he would chastise him and, or scourge him and let him go, the mob demanded the most cruel punishment. But the very mention of his release stirred the people to a tenfold frenzy. Crucify him! Crucify him! they cried. Louder and louder swelled the storm of that Pilate's indecision had called forth. That's Isaiah of Ages 733. This was a mob controlled by demons. 
It was probably the worst mob there has ever been. But it is plain description of what inspires a mob. Again, Stephen was stoned by a mob. Listen to this from Acts of the Apostles, page 101. As Stephen described the glorious scene upon which his eyes were gazing, it was more than his persecutors could endure, stopping their ears that they might not hear his words, and uttering loud cries, they ran furiously upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God, saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Who was it that inspired the murder of this godly man? Don't you think it was demons? There was a mob that attacked Paul too. Listen to Acts of the Apostles, page 407 that an apostate from Israel should presume to profane the temple at the very time when thousands had come there from all parts of the world to worship excited the fiercest passions of the mob. They took Paul and drew him out of the temple, and forthwith the doors were shut. As they went about to kill him, Tottings came unto the chief captain of the band, that all Jerusalem was in an uproar. Claudius Lysias well knew the turbulent elements with which he had to deal, and he immediately took the chief captain and the soldiers, and they left beating of Paul. The mob was going to kill Christ's representatives, his apostle, his messenger. Again, that has to be inspired by demons. And there are other examples in history of mobs doing things that can only be instigated by the enemy. The enemy is always in control of mobs. The larger the mob, the more he can control them. And as God's people proclaim his call to separate from Babylon because it is fallen, God's people will explain why and expose the abominations and sins of Babylon. Revelation 18, 1-4 Do you think the ecumenical religious dignitaries will appreciate that? Listen to how the mobs of evil men will seek to destroy God's faithful ones. This passage is found in Great Controversy, page 635. With shouts of triumph, jeering, and imprecation, throngs of evil men are about to rush upon their prey. This is during the time of trouble, just before the deliverance of God's people. Let's read on. When lo, a dense blackness, deeper than the darkness of night, falls upon the earth. Then a rainbow, shining with the glory from the throne of God, spans the heavens and seems to encircle each praying company. 
So God's people are about to die. They are surrounded by angry mobs, but they are protected by angels that excel in strength. Listen to what happens next. The angry multitudes are suddenly arrested. Their mocking cries die away. The objects of the murderous rage are forgotten. With fearful forebodings, they gaze upon the symbol of God's covenant and long to be shielded from its overpowering brightness. This brings us back to where we started. God's people have to know God and obey Him. They have to hear the voice of God speaking to them directly and personally through the Holy Scriptures. The words that He spoke to the individuals and multitudes two millennia ago are actually speaking to your soul today. Listen to this from Ministry of Healing, page 122. The scriptures are to be received as God's word to us, not written merely, but spoken. When the afflicted ones came to Christ, he beheld not only those who asked for help, but all those who throughout the ages should come to him in like need and with like faith. When he said to the paralytic, Son, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. When he said to the woman of Capernaum, Daughter, be of good comfort, thy faith has made thee whole, go in peace. He spoke to other afflicted, sin-burdened ones who should seek his help. So with all the promises of God's word. In them he is speaking to us individually, speaking as directly as if we could listen to his voice. It is in these promises that Christ communicates to us his grace and power. They are leaves from the tree, which is for the healing of the nations. Revelation 22.2 Received, assimilated, they are to be the strength of character, the inspiration, the sustenance of life. Nothing else can have such healing power. Nothing besides can impart the courage and faith which give vital energy to the whole being. Friends, can you see why God doesn't want his people to get involved in the political schemes of today? Can you see why angry mobs don't have the solution to humanity's problems? Along with their cries of destruction, they destroy your ability to hear God's voice. And you are going to need to hear God's voice as we come to the final crisis. We are to keep our attention fixed on Jesus and what he is doing for men in the most holy place. You are not to fix them on the injustice and the oppression of people or the government system or the police or anything else. Jesus wants to cleanse and purify you and make you ready to receive the latter rain. He wants to give you the experience of hearing his still small voice to your soul. 
You don't need to join protest marches. You don't need to be caught up in putting people in public office. You don't need to join the mobs to get their rights and dismantle the government system or something else that seems unjust. Those things will pass away after you have been tested for your loyalty to Christ. That means that your loyalty to a political party has to be severed. Political parties and governments will be ruined. Listen to this statement from Thoughts from the Mount of Blessing, page 120. The ruin of Jerusalem was a symbol of the final ruin that shall overwhelm the world. The prophecies that received a partial fulfillment in the overthrow of Jerusalem have a more direct application to the last days. We are now standing on the threshold of great and solemn events. A crisis is before us such as the world has never witnessed, and sweetly to us, as to the first disciples, comes the assurance that God's kingdom ruleth over all. The program of coming events is in the hands of our Maker. The majesty of heaven has the destiny of nations as well as the concerns of his church in his own charge. You see, my friends, the enemy wants to keep your mind from ever getting it. He will keep you distracted with every scheme he can think of. If it's not money-making, it will be political things. If it's not political things, it will be something else that he makes an idol of in our minds and hearts. Listen to this from Early Writings, page 42. Satan is now using every device in this sealing time to keep the minds of God's people from the present truth and to cause them to waver. Has he been able to keep your mind from being sealed? Oh, friends, don't let him do it. Here is a statement from Last Day Events, page 223. In a little while, everyone who is a child of God will have his seal placed upon him. Oh, that it may be placed upon our foreheads. Who can endure the thought of being passed when the angel goes forth to seal the servants of God in their foreheads. Be strong in the Lord. Have faith in God. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Here's a statement from Testimonies for the Church, Volume 4, page 251. If the believers in the truth are not sustained by their faith in these comparatively peaceful days, what will uphold them when the grand test comes and the decree goes forth against all those who will not worship the image of the beast and receive his mark in their foreheads or in their hands? This solemn period is not far off. Instead of becoming weak and irresolute, the people of God should be gathering strength and courage for the time of trouble. Psalm 86.7 says, In the day of trouble, 
I will call upon thee, for thou wilt answer me. How do we become strong in the Lord? By studying the word and meditating on it day and night. Joshua 1, 8 and 9 says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. God means what he says, and he says that directly to you and your soul. He may delay his promises, but he will come through in answer to the earnest, persistent prayer. Here is a passage from John 6.63. It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. This is from Letters and Manuscripts, Volume 4, Letter 102-1886. The word of God is God's voice to us. The word is to be studied, obeyed. It is spirit, power, and life to the soul. And yet how few are interested to search its pages. Light and trifling reading occupy the precious moments that ought to be devoted to the searching of the scriptures. We want to pray for the Lord to teach us his truth from his word, else our feet will be found standing on sliding sand. Remember the words that he spoke to the individuals and groups in the Bible are actually speaking to your soul today. Let us pray. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you for the warning that we have heard today. We long for purification. We long for unity with heaven. We can't wait for the sinful world to be over. Please come soon, Lord Jesus. This world is not our home. We seek a better country, a land that is fairer than day. Make us conquerors over the enemy, we pray, and let our eyes be fixed on Jesus so the things of this earth will grow strangely dim. Send us the Comforter too, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Like the woman at the well I was seeking For things that could not satisfy And then I heard my Savior speaking Draw from my well 
that never shall run dry. Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Fill my cup, fill it up, and make me whole. There are millions in this world who are craving the pleasure earthly things afford, but none can match the wondrous treasure. That I find in Jesus Christ, my Lord. Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Fill my cup, fill it up, and make me whole. So, my children, if the things this world gave you leave hungers that won't pass away. My blessed Lord will come and save you if you kneel to Him and humbly pray. Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. Till I want.
fill my cup, fill it up and make me whole. We hope you have been greatly blessed by this month's message. Your prayers and gifts mean much to us. Thank you for your support. The song you've just heard is called Fill My Cup, Lord, sung by Christian Berdahl. It is recorded on a CD with other beautiful hymns called Consecration. If you would like a copy of the CD, just send $16 postpaid to U.S. addresses to cover the cost, and we will send you one. Please mention the Consecration CD. Other international listeners should send $20 USD. The following is our monthly prophetic intelligence briefing, a feature that brings you current events in light of prophecy, especially for those who love the appearing of Jesus Christ. We can see the signs of the times telling us that we are nearing the world's great crisis. May the Lord find us faithful. Our first item this month. Nationwide Luciferian March rollout on June 21 during solar eclipse, quote, ring of fire. The Luciferian March for a one world government will be held in at least nine U.S. cities on June 21 during a solar eclipse. The marches are intended to create chaos, and it has been speculated by some that demonstrators may even try to erect satanic monuments at existing sites where Confederate and other allegedly racist statues have been torn down. Most of the protests will take place at city capitals in the following cities. Jacksonville, Florida, Raleigh, North Carolina, Cincinnati, Ohio, Columbus, Ohio, Washington, D.C., Madison, Wisconsin, Buffalo, New York, Niagara Falls, New York, and Salem, Oregon. And if that is not enough, a rare solar eclipse is supposed to create a, quote, ring of fire in the sky. Quote, Solar Eclipse, June 2020, Date and Time in India. The first solar eclipse of the year 2020 will occur this month on June 21. The event will be an annular solar eclipse where the moon will cover the sun from the center, leaving the outer rim visible, thus creating a ring of fire via Indian Express. Go figure. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Revelation 21, verse 8. Next, YouTube censors epidemiologist for opposing lockdown. Big tech companies are aggressively tamping down on COVID-19, quote, misinformation, opinions and ideas contrary to official pronouncements. Dr. Knut M. Witkowski, former head of biostatistics, epidemiology, and research design at Rockefeller University, says YouTube removed a video of him talking about the virus that had racked up more than 1.3 million views. 
Witkowski, 65, is a ferocious critic of the nation's current steps to fight the coronavirus. He has derided social distancing, saying it only prolongs the virus' existence, and has attacked the current lockdown as mostly unnecessary. Witkowski, who holds two doctorates in computer science and medical biometry, believes the coronavirus should be allowed to create, quote, herd immunity, and that short of a vaccine, the pandemic will only end after it has sufficiently spread through the population. Quote, With all respiratory diseases, the only thing that stops the disease is herd immunity. About 80% of the people need to have had contact with the virus, and the majority of them won't even have recognized that they were infected, he says in the now-deleted video. Quote, I was just explaining what we had, Witkowski told the post of the video, saying he had no idea why it was removed. The footage was produced by the British film company Journeyman Pictures. Quote, they don't tell you. They just say it violates our community standards. There's no explanation for what those standards are or what standards it violated. In articles and interviews across the web, he has likened COVID-19 to a, quote, bad flu. That likely made him a target for YouTube, which said in April it would be, quote, removing information that is problematic about the pandemic. Quote, anything that goes against World Health Organization recommendations would be a violation of our policy, and so removal is another really important part of our policy, CEO Susan Wojcicki told CNN. Witkowski's argument is a minority opinion among his colleagues, but still well within mainstream thought and currently is the basis for Sweden's non-lockdown approach to the pandemic. The embattled WHO, however, is not a fan with the group's executive director of health emergencies, Mike Ryan, this week calling it, quote, a really dangerous, dangerous calculation. Rockefeller University, Witkowski's employer for 20 years, also released a statement sharply distancing itself from him last month. While the doctor might have been too hot for YouTube, he has found a home at the American Institute for Economic Research, which is currently hosting the video online. Across social media, censors have been racing to limit the flow of verboten information. Quote, We have broadened our definition of harm to address content that goes directly against guidance from authoritative sources of global and local public health information, Twitter said in April, shortly after moving two tweets by Brazilian President Jair Bolsonaro. That same month, Facebook conceded it had been working with state governments in California, New Jersey, and Nebraska to remove pages for anti-quarantine events. Quote, It's the kind of totalitarian thinking and conduct that has cost millions of lives in recent world history. The fact that it's being done by private companies and not government doesn't change that, Ron Coleman, a prominent First Amendment lawyer, told The Post. Witkowski, however, says history has already vindicated his earlier position that the old and immunocompromised alone should have been strictly isolated, which the Post reported in March. Roughly one-third of all U.S. COVID-19 deaths have been among nursing home patients and staff, a problem that Witkowski says was deeply exacerbated in New York by Governor Andrew Cuomo's March 25 executive order requiring nursing homes to accept individuals with the virus. He dismissed a new order from the governor this week requiring regular COVID testing for staff as a farce. Quote, 
Cuomo can't undo his mistake of forcing nursing homes to take in infected people when the horse is out of the barn, he said. If nothing else, Witkowski has made a point of practicing what he preaches. The German national flouts New York's coronavirus restrictions, walking around his Upper East Side neighborhood maskless and eating in underground restaurants. Quote, We don't have to fear anything but fear, he said. Wasn't that an American who said that? Ivy Choi, a YouTube spokesperson, told the Post in a statement, quote, We quickly remove flagged content that violates our community guidelines, including content that explicitly disputes the efficacy of global or local healthy authority recommended guidance on social distancing that may lead others to act against that guidance. We are committed to continue providing timely and helpful information at this critical time. Internet censorship has increased dramatically in the past couple of years. It may not be long before God's truth is also censored and removed from these sites. We must take advantage of these avenues for sharing truth while the opportunity is still available. As the controversy extends into new fields and the minds of the people are called to God's downtrodden law, Satan is astir. The power attending the message will only madden those who oppose it. The clergy will put forth almost superhuman efforts to shut away the light, lest it should shine upon their flocks. By every means, at their command, they will endeavor to suppress the discussion of these vital questions. The church appeals to the strong arm of civil power, and, in this work, papists and Protestants unite. As the movement for Sunday enforcement becomes more bold and decided, the law will be invoked against commandment keepers. They will be threatened with fines and imprisonment, and some will be offered positions of influence and other rewards and advantages as inducements to renounce their faith. Conscientious obedience to the Word of God will be treated as rebellion. The Great Controversy, page 607 and 608. Unfortunately, our time is up. Remember, there are more prophetic intelligence briefings on our website at ktfnews.com. It's been a great pleasure to spend this time with you. I hope you have been encouraged to live for Jesus, for we are near the end. Remember that God has a plan for your life and that right now you can make a new start with Jesus. Thank you for your prayers and support. And until next time, may God bless and keep you and your family in His loving and protecting care. Keep the faith.